History tells the story of the world and of our lives. Sometimes that history goes bump in the night. Broadcasting from the center of oddity and the supernatural in Central Florida, it's the History Goes Bump podcast. Hello, you spooktacular people. Welcome to this 339th episode of the History Ghost Bump podcast. Ghost tours for the theater of the mind. I am your host, Diane. And this is Kelly. Kelly, we are going to be featuring a university today. Looking forward to it. This was suggested by Ashley Struz and Katie Meeks. And this is Ohio University. There's a lot of ghosts in this place. Well, you know, that's my favorite. I know. It's a good place to go study, everybody, if you want to get in touch with some spiritual stuff, apparently. Very intriguing. Before we get into that, we want to welcome into the Spooktacular crew, Leslie, Krista with a C-H, Lauren with a Y, Rosa, Joshua, Jacob, Nate, Bruce, and Mary. Thanks for joining the crew, guys. And now, this moment, Naughty. The moment in oddity was suggested by Brianne Sanford. The Museo de las Momias is located in the small town of Guanajuato in Mexico. This is a museum right up our alley as it is home to a really weird display. This is a museum full of mummies, most of which are less than 200 years old. There are over 100 preserved mummies, with one of them being the world's smallest mummy. This is a fetus that was still in its mother when she passed away. The mummies were dug up between 1865 and 1958 from the dry soil of Guanajuato and were found in a variety of poses. Many of these poses feature faces disfigured into looks of horror that have caused people to nickname them the Screaming Mummies. Some are believed to be victims of a cholera outbreak in 1833. Others are thought to have been buried alive, particularly one that was found frozen in a pose of chewing on her own arm. The reason they might have been buried too soon is that cholera might have caused people to seem already dead because they were so dehydrated and were unconscious. This would explain why so many have their mouths wide open in screams. They must have awakened after being thrown into a mass grave. The mummy chewing on her arm has a different story. She was a woman named Ignacia who had a rare heart condition and she had been passed out for more than a day, so her family figured she was dead. When her coffin was exhumed, her mummified body was found flipped over so that she was facing down. She was biting down on her arm and had dried blood in her mouth. The high altitude, low moisture, and humidity are said to be responsible for the mummification. The bodies were first displayed in the 1950s and can still be seen today. A museum dedicated to screaming mummies certainly is odd. And now, This Month in History. Mm -hmm. 
month of June, on the 5th, in 1832, a two-day insurrection rose up against King Louis-Philippe, inspiring the novel Les Miserables. The author of Les Miserables was Victor Hugo, and he had been taking a walk through the Tuileries' garden when he heard gunshots. He ran to the area, which was a working-class neighborhood, and hid himself behind a pillar. There had been food shortages for years and a devastating cholera epidemic. The final straw was the death of General Jean Lemarque, who was a hero to the working class. Republican demonstrators grabbed red flags and protested after the general's funeral. The protest became more of a riot, and they built barricades. Hugo arrived in time to see the king's soldiers firing on the Republican rebels. He managed to get away without being hurt, and he never forgot what he witnessed. The army took the momentum out of the uprising, and by the next night, it was all over. Thirteen years later, Hugo wrote Les Miserables about that moment in history, and it became his most well-known work. Ohio University in Athens, Ohio has been open for over 200 years and today has over 28,000 students enrolled. This was the first institute of higher education to be chartered by an act of Congress and was founded by American Revolutionary War veterans. The university is the home of the Bobcats and apparently quite a few ghosts. A ghostly Bobcat might be more of an appropriate mascot. I think it'd be really cool. (laughs) I'd love to see it. There are a few buildings on the campus that don't have some kind of ghost story connected to them. Join us as we explore the history and haunts of Ohio University. The original inhabitants of Athens, Ohio, were mound builders. The first Europeans arrived in 1797. Athens County was established in 1805 and named, for what you would think, Athens, Athens Greece. Greece. <laughs> Ohio had become a state just two years before that. The town of Athens would incorporate in 1811, but it wouldn't become an official city until 1912. Can you imagine? It wasn't until the 1910 census that showed that the population had passed 5,000 residents. So they said, Okay, we'll give you city status wow. now. They needed to have that in Ohio in order to be that. So it took them 100 years to get there, even though they were already incorporated. The town grew after the railroad arrived in 1857. There were many forms of commerce here, from salt production to coal mining to iron production. The largest employer in Athens predated even the formation of the county, and that was Ohio University. Ohio University was chartered in 1804 and was the first institute of higher learning in the Northwest Territory and the eighth oldest in America. A group of American Revolutionary War veterans formed a company called the Ohio Company of Associates, and they signed a contract with Congress that granted them large tracts of land in Athens and Alexander Townships. The company then set aside this first federal land grant for Ohio University. This would be the first time a university was chartered by an act of Congress. The ordinance included with the charter read, religion, morality, and knowledge being necessary to good government and the happiness of mankind, schools, and the means of education shall forever be encouraged. Most of this land was leased out, but eventually the university grew into it, and this is one of the largest institutions of higher learning in Ohio. Students started attending OU in 1809, and interestingly, the college was more like a high school in the beginning than a college, and this was based on the course of study. 
I think this was the case in a lot of universities across America. It wouldn't be until 1822 that the university would bring in more specialized professors who could offer traditional college programs. The university specialized in educating teachers by the late 1800s, and to attain the excellence they were seeking, OU was one of the first institutes of higher learning to receive state support from taxes. That was the first time they started doing something like that. The greatest time of growth for the university would start in 1955 and carry through 1970 with 25 new dormitories being built. The university gained some fame when President Lyndon Johnson came in 1964 and talked about his Great Society initiative for the first time on the college green. When you look at the architecture of the buildings on campus, it's easy to see the early Americana Federalist influence. Pretty much everything there looks exactly the same, which is very cool. I like when you have a set kind very of architectural uniform. style. It's all red brick with these big windows. Even the, the newest buildings that they've put in, they've made sure to keep that style and keep that same historic kind of look to everything. So it's like a really cool campus. The oldest building on campus is Manassa Cutler Hall, and it was completed in 1819. The building is three stories, made from brick and has a distinctive wooden tower that is octagonal with louvered openings and a cupola. Originally, Cutler Hall housed a laboratory and dorm rooms. The building was modernized with an elevator and metal staircases in 1937. There was one story that a spirit hangs out in the bell tower, but we believe this very old building is surprisingly not haunted. Yeah, I wasn't able to find any real ghost stories. I kind of tripped across that one, but it didn't have any details about it. It just said, there's a spirit that hangs out here, and I'm like, Okay. Hangs well, out in the bell tower, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what, is it, what does it do? Does it That's ring the bell? The bell does it yell? Do people see it? Is it male, <laughs> female? <laughs> does it dress in a certain kind of clothing? I'm like, could I have some more information? So I just... Yeah, not much to be revealed Yeah, when there's that. no details, I don't really include it as being haunted. So even though it's the oldest building there, it doesn't seem to have anything going on. If, however, you do go to OU and you've been in Cutler Hall and had something weird happen, please let us know. Yes, absolutely. Cutler Hall was named for Manasseh Cutler, who was a school teacher, botanist, doctor, attorney, and minister. I think he pretty much covered everything you could possibly be at that time. Sounds like it. <laughs> he wrote the charter for Ohio University, modeled after Yale University's, which was the university he had graduated from. His family had all been clergymen, but he wanted to be different, and so he had pursued law. Eventually, he did become a minister. He co-founded OU with General Rufus Putnam and Brigadier General Benjamin Tupper. Cutler didn't spend much time in Ohio, though. He was a New England man, and he took over a church in Massachusetts. His congregation struggled to pay him, so he studied medicine, as though he didn't have enough degrees and areas of study. And he used his knowledge to treat people overcome by a smallpox epidemic. He studied science until he died in 1823. Interestingly, one area of his scientific pursuits were the Native American mounds found here. Yeah, I found that little detail in his bio, and I was like, oh, I'd love to know what he thought about them, what he learned about them. Obviously, Ohio was a good place to come because they have a ton of mounds in Ohio. Certainly. Definitely had a lot of mound builders there. Could be why Ohio seems to be one of the most haunted states in America. We need to spend more time there. We need to actually go there. I don't think... We went to Ohio when we went to West Virginia. <laughs> We went over the bridge. Okay, we went over the bridge and had lunch, I think, yeah. right? We didn't see yes, anything, really. So that's the only time I can remember being in Ohio. But for someone that hasn't touched a good majority of the 50 states, we you were in Ohio. <laughs> I count it. Okay, great, Kelly. I'm sure people from Ohio are going to be like, oh, I so cool, know. you guys were in Ohio. We'll be there. I don't even remember we'll what there. restaurant we ate at. I just I know either. we went across the Silver Bridge, which the Mothman... The Moth Man. 
predicted was going <laughs> right. to fall. Thankfully, it never fell on us. The College Green is a central gathering place for students and known as the Quad and has changed little in OU's 200 years. The College Green features Galbraith Chapel, which was dedicated in memoriam of Helen Mock Galbraith, who was the wife of alumnus John Galbraith. Helen and John met on campus, and supposedly they shared their first kiss on that very spot. Aww. I think that's really cool. I don't know if it's true. Very sweet. But neat to build a little chapel there. I don't know if necessarily a chapel's appropriate for the first kiss spot, but hey, it works. Definitely. The chapel is used by students for meditation, and all sorts of cultural events are hosted here, as well as weddings and memorial services. The Greek system uses it for their formal initiation ceremonies and receptions, too. The spire that has a brass weather vane at the top was modeled after the portico of Nash's All Souls Church in London. There are two university gateways framing College Green. The first was built in 1915 and is known as the Alumni Gateway and has a verse etched on it that says, That thou mayest grow in knowledge, wisdom, and love. The other gate was built in the 1960s and features words taken from the Northwest Ordinance of 1787. There's a bronze university seal embedded at the college gate. But beware, legend claims that if a freshman steps on it, they will have bad fortune. So I'd love to sit there taking pictures of all the freshmen trying to jump over it. Yeah, sure don't hit it. The John Calhoun Baker University Center was named for the 14th president of the university and opened in January 2007. This is a large five-story building that serves as a hub for student activities. The architectural style was done to match the rest of the campus in the Federalist style. The rotunda is unique with curved walls and there's an inlaid arrow on the floor. If a person stands in the center of that arrow and whispers, they will get a reverberating echo similar to the effect created at the center of the United States Capitol Rotunda in Washington, D.C. When I was a kid, I visited the Capitol and actually did that. There is another place that has the same effect right here in Florida. If you go to the China Pavilion, and Kelly, you know that building that's in the front there that's... Are you talking about Epcot? Yeah, I'm talking about the China (laughs) Pavilion in Epcot. The building that looks like, I don't know if it would be one of their religious type buildings. It's kind of done in that style. Anyway, you go into the center of it before you go in to see the movie about China. Right. And it's got this kind of effect where if you stand in the center of that domed in area and you whisper, it echoes and you can hear it really loud, even though you're whispering. How come you didn't tell me this before? Because I didn't think of it till I saw this right here. And I was like, oh, I remember when I did a tour behind the scenes or whatever. And they told us that and we all huh. tried it. What if I go whisper something provocative? <laughs> well, you might get thrown out of Disney. And <laughs> no, I don't I know if we're, do I don't know when we're ever going to get back in there because of all this the true. regulations this and is true. opening stuff. It's going to be a while before we go back to Disney. So East Green's Jefferson Marketplace is a nice food court type area, which features a variety of eateries like the New York style Brick City Deli, Veggie Butcher and Juiced, the Ohio Cafe, the Demonstration Kitchen, the Culinary Studio, and the Tea Room Steeped and Stirred. That sounds like a band or something, Steeped and Stirred. It does. There is the Bird Ice Arena and an Aquatic Center and a large recreation center for students and many dormitories that we'll get into in just a moment. For obvious reasons, we have some spirits there, so we'll talk about those a little bit later. Fantastic! This sounds like a gorgeous campus. Ohio University also owns the Athena Cinema, which has been continuously operated since 1915. This was originally the Bethel Grocery Store. The university renovated the building, and students from the university actually run the theater, and they have a student work program. Very cool. Yeah, so I, I think they were going to tear it down, and the university said, hey, wait, 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 we'll use it. We'll, we'll remodel it and make it like it was. 
For our haunts, let's first look at the fraternities and sororities. Several of these have ghost stories connected to them. One of the sororities is Pi Beta Phi. The spirit here is thought to belong to a young woman who drowned in the pool. Several girls who have lived here have felt something they couldn't see crawl into bed with them. Oh, no. Uh-uh. No, no. You can come <laughs> into my room, but if you're crawling into bed with me. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I need a peaceful sleep. I, I don't sleep well as it is typically. <laughs> I know. I don't need something else joining me. This thing actually slips in under the covers. Yeah, that to me is unique because, again, you have physicality there. Right. That it can lift the covers and get in under it. It's like, what is that? Another resident once claimed that she was awoken by an audible voice singing the ABCs, and the voice clearly belonged to a little girl who would not have been in the house. This woman went to investigate where the voice was coming from, and she saw a dark shadow. Oh, no. No. Especially if it's saying the ABCs and pretending (laughs) to be a kid. Yeah, it's a little creepy. She turned around and ran back to her bedroom screaming and jumped into bed under the covers. Which and in this house, that doesn't, doesn't necessarily like keep you help safe. Her. <laughs> no. I thought that that was supposed to be our shield, the covers, and you have something that can crawl under them. Our next Greek house is a fraternity called Delta Tau Delta. The actual house isn't haunted, but the brothers seem to have brought something into the house with them when they returned from a trip to the Sims Cemetery. A part of a tombstone had broken off, so they brought the piece home with them. Strange things started happening in the house after this. We know better. Most of the activity was poltergeist in nature. Items would go missing, objects would move about on their own, and strange noises were heard in the house. The brothers figured out that something was connected to the chunk of tombstone, and they returned it to the cemetery. Apparently, the haunts stopped after that. Good for them. Yeah, and <laughs> you shouldn't have taken anything out of the cemetery to begin with. Absolutely unless not. Unless it was trash. The building that houses Sigma Phi Epsilon has had several frats and sororities that have called it home. Not many like to stay here, probably because of the ghost here named Nicodemus. Athens was a city on the Underground Railroad, and it is believed that Nicodemus is the spirit of an escaped slave. One of the students living at the frat was awoken several times by something pulling the sheets off his bed. He would look to see if it was one of his brothers pulling a prank, but there was never anybody there. Others reported doors slamming on their own and the lights flickering off and on. Things were so crazy when the Zeta Tau Alpha sorority were there that the Athens Magazine did an article about it back in the 1970s. These ladies reported being touched by something that they couldn't see. There was a sound of scratching nails on the other side of walls, too. Oh, no. Yeah, that's that's horrible. I don't like that at all. This comes from an area that has a passageway where slaves would hide out. It is in here that Nicodemus is thought to have been shot by bounty hunters. The Sigma Phi Epsilon brothers don't mind having Nicodemus around, and they feel he is no threat. No, it just sounds like he kind of plays around with the lights and pulls sheets. Maybe he even short sheets them. (laughs) And that's about it. So, yeah. The scratching on the wall would would freak me out a little bit initially, but I guess I could learn to deal with it. Makes me think that maybe it's a residual type thing. Sure. The Convocation Center was built in 1968 and is a large round building with a domed roof. This not only is home to the men's basketball team, but it also has dorm rooms. I've never heard of putting dorm rooms in where you have an athletic type facility. Yeah, it's really odd. So you have the basketball court or whatever is downstairs, and then there's dorms above it. I hope that they don't have games and a lot of practice (laughs) all the time or it'd be really hard to sleep. Yeah, I would imagine. Students call this the convo, and one of the spirits here likes to open and close the closet door in one of the rooms, which we could not track the number down on. It's wide open. It could be any of those rooms, so it could be any of you staying in the convo. (laughs) Just let us know if you've had that experience. 
this ghost likes to throw things out of the closet, too. So it's not just opening and closing the door. It's throwing things out. It's probably because it's men's dorm rooms. Actually, it's they're messy. I think it's mixed. Okay. I could be wrong, but it seemed like there were male and females. They probably only check stuff out, though, when they're really sloppy people. That could be. (laughs) Another spirit here is said to belong to a former RA who was killed by her boyfriend. She walks up and down the hallways. The last ghost here is said to belong to a student who died in her sleep. And one of the reasons why I make that assumption is it's the men's basketball team. It'd be weird to just have female dorms above that. I don't know if you want to mix those two things together. Clearly, the hauntings indicate there's women there. So that's that's why I'm assuming there must be both there. There are several haunted halls on the campus. Perkins Hall was built in 1953 and was named in honor of Dr. Eliphaz Perkins, who was the first physician, first postmaster, first auditor, and first apothecary merchant in Athens County and became the first treasurer of Ohio University. Apparently first the pe- everything. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> apparently the people here at Ohio University that are connected to it, whether they're founding it or somebody who was the first treasurer here at Ohio University, they do a lot of things. Clearly. Jacks of trade, all yeah, trades. Jacks of all trades. I was just going to say that. The building served as a male dormitory with 210 students that first year. An RA claimed to have experienced and heard several stories of unexplained phenomenon. One time, she gathered several residents in her room to go through Halloween decorations. They all heard a bone-chilling, disembodied laugh, and the girls went screaming from the room. The RA also said that the refrigerator for the dorm would open on its own. A specter hankering for a snack, apparently? (laughs) (laughs) For you, it'd be the pantry. That's right. There's not much in the refrigerator that I want, but (laughs) cookies? Yeah. And stereos and televisions would turn on by themselves. The RA also was in the dorm by herself a couple of weeks before students moved in, and she distinctly heard a voice call out, hey. When she turned to look, no one was there. She went into the hall and saw nobody there either. Another resident claimed to have some kind of presence enter her room, and it felt as though it were filling up with a malevolent energy. The ceiling fan blades began to spin slowly and then accelerated, and then the room got ice cold. That was enough, and she ran out of the room and asked for another one. I think I would have done the same. Jefferson Hall was built in 1956 and was named in honor of President Thomas Jefferson. Residents had been experiencing some strange stuff, and so they decided to have a ghost hunt in 1996. They didn't have much luck until they got to the attic. There they experienced the Holy Grail, a full-bodied apparition. This was the spirit of an older woman in clothes from the 1950s. She was floating above the floor, too. So that's another indication that they were looking at something that wasn't quite human. They ran to grab the RA to tell her what happened. And when the group returned, they found the attic locked. Lights flash on and off by themselves. This location also has the marble sound, as though hundreds of marbles are dropping on a floor above. Very cool. I like that, actually. Kind of a weird thing. (laughs) Washington Hall was named after President George Washington and has one of the strangest hauntings on this campus. An entire girls' basketball team is said to bang around in the afterlife in this dormitory. Residents claim to hear the squeaking of basketball shoes and to feel cold spots in the hall that connects this dorm to Reed Hall. But there are also those who claim that this is actually a male basketball team. How did they know the difference? I don't know. Or I don't know if the, the <laughs> basketball shoe squeaking is softer for the girls or I what? I don't know. And this male basketball team also hangs out in the attic, which used to be a recreation room. Bush Hall was built in 1954 and was named for 1892 Ohio University graduate Frederick W. Bush. 
The ghost that haunts the storm likes to mess with the lights and turn on and off the water faucets. There is also a peculiar sound heard here, and it is described as a marble sound as though hundreds of marbles are being dropped on the floor. So both of these halls have that same marble dropping on the floor sound. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. I'd like to do more investigating with that. I wonder if perhaps it could be in relation to some plumbing or... Yeah, because I've I've never heard this type of haunting before and then to have it in two different places on the campus. Right. Unless somebody screwed it up and says, oh, it's in that one. No, it's in that one. And neither one of them can agree. Could be. But it's still very weird to have a bunch of marbles dropping on the ground and that's something that's carrying on. Like the basketball team, I'm assuming, is a residual thing because I haven't heard of an entire basketball team, either male or female, from the university dying. Right. So it'd be really weird for them to be haunting it for that reason. So I'm thinking it's just residual sounds. And the sounds of the marbles makes me think of the movie Home Alone. (laughs) Well, that's true. Maybe they had a bunch of thieves trying to break in and they were foiling them. Foiling them with their foibles. (laughs) Say that (laughs) 10 times fast. (laughs) Brown House was built in 1928 and named in honor of Mildred Frances Brown, who had owned the 7,800 square foot house with her husband. Her grandfather had been the contractor who built three of the buildings on campus. After the university purchased the home, they converted it into the Contemporary History Institute, which was an interdisciplinary and academic research institute. An article from July 2019 reported that the house had significant structural damage and was slated for demolition. And then when I looked into that, Kelly, to see, well, has it been demolished since we haven't been on the campus? I don't know. A later article in the Athens News confirmed that it had indeed been destroyed. Bummer. And whoever the journalist was that wrote it, I don't know if it was an opinion piece or a journalist, but they were not happy about it. There were reportedly a couple of hauntings here. One featured the disembodied sounds of children splashing around, and there had been a pool here at one time. The other was about the ghost of Millie Brown. She was seen looking out the window as though she was watching the children play on her property, as they once had. Now, of course, we always wonder when something gets demolished and you build something new, or I don't even think they've built anything new there. I think it's just an empty space now, and it was a beautiful home. I don't know how they let it get to be structurally damaged. I don't know if it was some kind of a weather event that did it, or if it was just neglect. But we wonder, is this haunting going to continue there? be interesting to know. If anybody's gone to stand on that actual site, do you hear children laughing and splashing around? Because it would have been outside, I'm thinking. Maybe it would still continue. Wilson Hall is the most haunted dormitory on the campus and was built in 1965 and named for Hiram Roy Wilson. When Scariest Places on Earth came to feature the university, this was the location that they chose as their backdrop. There are reports of strange noises, books fly off of shelves, and lights turn on and off by themselves. Furniture like desks and dressers move around by themselves and doors open and close on their own. Pretty standard stuff, but other stories get weirder. Room 428 is said to be closed permanently, and it's because of the last girl to live in this room. She started acting very weird. She would chant in a strange language and eventually jumped from a window, killing herself. Some people think she became possessed after touching the stain found at the Athens Lunatic Asylum. And speaking of stain, the face of a demon is said to show up in the wood grain on the door. Another student claimed that he saw the apparition of a girl and she was pointing at the door to room 428. Was this the woman who killed herself? This room is said to be incredibly haunted, but clearly there is stuff going on all over the dorm. Wilson Hall is also said to be the geographic center of a pentagram that is drawn through all the cemeteries in Athens. Does this give it some kind of supernatural energy? 
Yeah, and I don't know how much credence I put in this because you could draw any shape. Sure. It doesn't necessarily have to be a pentagram and connect things and say, look, it's in the center. But I don't know. Kind of a weird feature, I guess. Yeah. History Ghost Bump featured Athens Lunatic Asylum on episode 121. This had been a place where the mentally ill, violent convicted criminals, Civil War vets, and even children were kept. Eventually, the asylum was bought by Ohio University and is today the Ridges. This houses the Kennedy Museum of Art, an auditorium, offices, classrooms, and storage facilities. It also is incredibly haunted, just adding more to the haunted mystique of this campus. Is Ohio University haunted? That That is for you to decide. And if you want more details on Athens Lunatic Asylum, we do encourage you to listen to episode 121. I didn't want to get into it and rehash something we'd already done before. And it really deserves its own episode. It's a gorgeous building, but it has a pretty crazy history and some crazy haunts, too. Excellent. We want to encourage you guys to check out our website at historygoesbump.com. And if you want to send us some feedback, you can do that at historygoesbump at gmail.com. And we did get an email from Bobby about our French Lick episode. She said, hi, I just listened to the episode about French Lick and West Baden. I work at the Canton Harvester Inn in Canton, Illinois. Bill Cook was born and raised here and built an assembly plant for medical equipment here to make jobs and boost the local economy. He then built a factory to make the supplies for the equipment, bought several local businesses to fix them up, and finally built the hotel so Cook employees would have a nice place to stay when they visited. He passed away before it was finished, but we've all seen him. It scared the crap out of me the first time I saw him, but I've gotten used to seeing him. He knows us, too. He said my name in my ear while I was vacuuming. Wow. We think he likes to make sure everything is going well. He has been seen in the other buildings he owns, too. I can't imagine working out and seeing his tall shadow watching. The hotel closed to guests in the middle of March because of the virus, but we worked another week to answer calls. My coworker and I both heard room doors closing and saw a shadow leaning down from the second floor to watch us. Very cool. It was weird, and I don't think it was Mr. Cook. As far as I know, the building has never been investigated. Right now would have been a great time for it since it's empty. I wonder if Mr. Cook misses us. Next time the guys from French Lick come visit, I will have to ask for their ghost stories. Thank you for the episode and all of the work you put into your podcast. Have a lovely day. Well, thank you, Bobby. We appreciate you sharing that with us. Yes, we love to hear listener stories. And Kelly, we are going to be back on the road finally. We are. I'm so excited. We have been jonesing to do an investigation and we are going to do that. So looking forward to it. This weekend, which is going to be the 5th and the 6th of June, 2020, we are heading up to Virginia to the exchange in Gordonsville, Virginia, and we're going to get to actually do the investigation with a ghost hunter. Can't wait. Daryl Marston. Should be very interesting. Definitely. We're going to be doing it with face masks on, so that should be even more interesting. (laughs) See if we get any weird interactions because they're like, what are you wearing on your face, you weird people? Maybe get that little strap of elastic snapped a couple times. We'll see. Yeah. We're going to have a few <laughs> listeners, I think, that are meeting up with us, too. So we'll be doing some Facebook Lives. And also, of course, we'll be bringing you an episode about it. That'll be very fun. We want to thank you guys for tuning into this episode. I've been your host, Diane. And this has been Kelly. You take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This episode has been brought to you by our executive producers. Dispatches from the Grave Digger. We want to welcome into the cemetery, Jessica Lahan. She is going to be moved into the niche wall. Leanne Strutchen is going to be put into the garden tomb area. So got another History Ghost Bump mug going out. And David Knoppel, he will be buried in a chest tomb. 
Awesome. Thanks for helping us pay for the production of the show, you guys. We really appreciate it. You can find History Goes Bump on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Play, and anywhere you can listen to podcasts. get into that we want to welcome into the spectacular 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 crew <laughs> the high altitude low most low moisture okay grief. low moisture oh, yeah, yeah, what yeah. is moisture i've been out in the sun too long today. you know i hate that word moist so i'd rather moisture <laughs> moisture for the mummification i can't talk you never can when we come in the closet. Is it a closet problem? I've been out in the sun. So have I. I know. We need to do this in the morning. <laughs> okay. But then we have our morning voices, so we sound kind of <sighs> weird. Yeah, this is true. Kelly's going to poison me because I was giving <laughs> that wasn't her even into the That wasn't even into the mic. If I die in the next week, We just it was finished Kelly. watching Dexter. I know. That's why <laughs> I'm worried. I could throw some oleander. <laughs> Don't be poisoning me. <laughs> I would never. Hugo arrived in time to see the king's shoulder. Hugo arrived in time to see the king's sh- soldiers. <laughs> I can't say. Sh- I hate saying soldiers. I told you. Well, I always go shoulders. Well, we've been out in the heat. All day. But I've never been able to say <laughs> soldiers, right? I have to really concentrate. Okay. And was the first institute of higher learning in the Northwest Territory. Ter- What's a territory? <laughs> Did you tear in across that? Homina, and he used his knowledge to treat people overcome by a smallpox epidemic. Apahana hog. What the hell is that? A different way to say it. <laughs> you sound like Mia talking with the back of her throat. <laughs> <laughs> That's her dog. The College Green features Galbraith Chapel, which was dedicated in... <laughs> Sorry, I belched. <laughs> that line. I don't know if it came through. The College Green features Galbraith Chapel. Put some in her, Diane. <laughs> well, you're drinking beer and burping. I can't Can get I the line out. You did. My belches are nothing compared to yours. No, if I ever, I and I've caught many, many of them while we've been recording. And yeah, and you I edit. Always edit them out. <laughs> you don't even have to be drinking beer. You just. I know. I am full. They're impressive. I'm full of hot air. That's what I've been told. <laughs> and opened in January twenty twenty. 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 Numbers. What year is that? Twenty. 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 Okay. This would he. <laughs> I love when you go. <laughs> it's like I'm frustrated me with myself. Of, uh, Beavis and Butthead. Oh, thanks. <laughs> fire. <laughs> fire. 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 <laughs>
need toilet paper TP for my bunghole. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast just took a turn. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay, I need to recover here. (laughs) NRA claimed to have experienced and heard several stories of unexplained phenomenon. One time she phenomenon. (laughs) Phenomenon. And stop. Every <laughs> single time we say that, it just I can't help it. Another resident claimed to have some kind of president. Another resident. <laughs> she, she claimed to have some kind of president enter her room. <laughs> Holy cow. Which one uh, was it? Hopefully it was one that was still alive. 